This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, everybody. This is Steve. Before uh, this show starts, I just wanted to give everybody a little heads up. It turns out we found out after we had recorded this episode that we were having a bit of an issue with a piece of our equipment, so the audio in spots is a little off. Did the best we could to fix it, but it's not perfect, so at times might be a little rough. Bear with us through this. We figured out what it is. We fixed it for future episodes. But with that having been said, on with the show. Thinking sideways. What am I even looking for? Illogical. It's a mystery. Short stories of things we simply don't know the answers to. Hi there. So uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, as everybody knows, normally what our routine is, is we'll jump into a big story and that'll take up, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And sometimes we come across smaller stories, which are really interesting, but they don't equate to a full show. And we'll, we'll sometimes pack those into one episode, several of them at a time. Like the Lost Boats one. Yes. Like the Holes one. Yes. Unfortunately, sometimes there's episodes that just don't lend themselves to that. 
And we've all, I know, the all three of us have come across stories where we wanted to do that, but we couldn't find a way to tie it into other stuff. Yep. Mm, well, we, we'd like to have a, an overarching theme for yeah, those shows. Yeah. yeah, and we decided that, what the heck, we're not going to leave those stories behind, so occasionally we're going to do a short. A bonus episode. A bonus episode, yeah. yeah, and that's what this is going to be, is a little bonus episode, and... This is going to be, they're going to be random. Uh, we're not going to try and do this on a regular basis, but occasionally when we come across these, we'll and put them out for you. And they'll be steeply discounted because they're so much shorter. So <laughs> you'll, you'll see them on your internet bill. They won't cost very much at all. They will be 10% over the normal free price of all episodes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and go into this short story. So this whole story, I'm going to start out and just preface this by saying it sounds like it should be out of a movie. Mm-hmm. It really does sound like a bad movie script right here. We did oh, this actually, like two weeks ago, didn't we? We talked about a bad movie script. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this case, it could have been a good movie. I've seen good movies that were based on this 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 kind of heist. Yeah. Kind of thing. They, yeah. There there are some, but but here is what happens. Uh, we're going to talk about briefly here the Isabella art theft. On the morning of March 18th, 1990, in Boston... And by morning, you mean wee hours, correct? Yes, the wee hours of the morning. 120-something, 124 in the morning is about when this whole thing starts. Two people, two men, wearing police uniforms, walked up to the side entrance of the Isabella Art Museum, and they pressed the buzzer to get in and when the guard you know hit the the intercom they said police let us in we heard about a disturbance in the courtyard okay well he let him in mm-hmm. right there sight unseen and so I, I was i was asking about thinking about that so they didn't have a security camera he couldn't actually see in the, the... Yeah, maybe. Well, if yeah, they, they did, these guys were dressed up in police uniforms, mm-hmm. so they looked like cops. Yeah. And I don't imagine that they were high-quality videos. This is 1990, so the camera probably wasn't that great. Yeah, yeah. So, but the, 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 the guard inside could at least see that they appeared to be cops. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in the museum, there were two security guards. One of them was working at the main desk. And the other one was somewhere else in the museum, presumably doing his rounds, whatever his job was at the moment. When they, the, these guys get in, they go to the main security desk, and one of them says to the security guard on duty, you look familiar, and I think we have a warrant for your arrest. And they somehow convince this guy to <laughs> step out from behind his desk where he has access to the only police wired alarm <laughs> at which point they put him against a wall and they handcuff him the other security guard a couple minutes later shows up and they put him in cuffs and one of these guys one of these guards says well why are you arresting me and this is where the ball drops. One of the two men says, the guy's dressed up as cops, says, you're not being arrested. This is a robbery. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give yeah. us any trouble and we won't hurt you. Uh, and at that point, what they do is they take these cards down to the basement. They duct tape them to some pipes. They duct tape their mouths shut. They put a duct tape all over their heads and left breathing holes for their noses. And that was it. That's so uh, mean. That's they oh. tore out all their hair on the way out and taking that stuff off, no doubt. <laughs> when, oh, oh, when the duct tape, got, yeah. duct tape got torn off? Oh, oh wow. I don't even want to think about yeah, that. Yeah, ouchie. 
So the guards are uh, completely disabled at this point. So the thieves have pretty much all the time in the world. They've got the run of the joint. You're absolutely right. They go upstairs to the Dutch room, which is named such because it's full of paintings by Dutch painters. And they uh, they immediately go up to a Rembrandt painting, mm. at which point an alarm actually goes off. Now, this alarm evidently was only inside of the museum because all they had to do sure. was smash it. Sure. And it went off. Yeah, and that, I mean, nobody is alerted. Okay. Cool. Not the most high-tech system they have. No. At this point, these guys basically have the run of this whole museum for the... The the reports are 81 minutes, an hour Mm. and Mm. 20-some-odd minutes. Mm -hmm. They're in there doing whatever they want to do. Well, they weren't exactly that smart about what they did, because the first thing they did was go up to a Rembrandt painting. Right. uh, And this is Rembrandt's self-portrait from 1629, Uh and they yank the painting off the wall, and then they can't figure out how to get it out of the frame. Well, because it's wood. Because it's right. wood, yeah. yeah. Rembrandt painted on that on wood, wood not yeah. on canvas. That's, yeah. that's why you don't want to even try to get out of the frame, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should have, they should have thought about that. About you know, just I mean, something like that. You don't want to try to mess with it in any way at all because those things are very delicate and I, old. And, and I agree with that. I mean, and I, I have a a, a a serious issue with this whole thing that I'll talk about later that goes along that. But basically what these guys do is from that point forward, they they throw that painting on the floor because uh, they realize they can't get to it. Sure. And then they start going through the museum. And they start, I kid you not, cutting canvases out of their frames. Uh-huh. So, so they can roll them up. So they can roll them which up. Which I'm sure is really good for the painting. Which is terrible because whenever oh, yeah. that gets re- remounted, you have now just lost so much of the painting. It's going to crack. You know? it's well, like, it's going to yeah. crack and, and the viewing area is gone. Because if you think about it, if a painting is on a frame, if the let's just say it's a one by one that mm-hmm. is the frame, well, now you've got an inch of it rolled across the side and an inch across the back to staple it in place, plus whatever the the actual frame may cover, the, the exterior frame. Yeah. You've just lost inches you've lost of real a estate. beautiful, beautiful piece of work. Yes, yeah, you've lost all that real estate. Oh, you uh, don't just, like, tape those things up? No. You don't stick a tack in each corner? Yeah. <laughs> oh. it's, not, it's not a movie poster. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's not how it works. So like I said, they were, they, they were focusing on a lot of canvas works at this mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. and they they started running through the place. They stole a total of 13 pieces of art. Okay. These are things that are ranging from, there's Rembrandt, mm-hmm. Vermeer, uh, Manet, mm-hmm. and Degas. Uh, Degas. There was sketches that were done by him. Uh, evidently, there was five sketches by him that they took. They Those t- are, like, really valuable. Well, you know, the value on that kind of stuff is a little weird because they're sketches. Mm-hmm. And he would, I mean, it's literally he was sketching the painting ahead of time. So you can see images of them and they you can see the variances as he was kind of figuring it out. But there is a lot of value in watching yeah. someone like that work. Yeah. Uh, the other things they took is there was an artifact that was from the Shang Dynasty and a finial that belonged on a Napoleonic flag. Sure. Um, I, I mean, it's it's really, it's just kind of ha- haphazard what they took. 
Mm-hmm. It would have been nice if they'd, because um, these guys were probably just criminals, you know, and, and it would have been nice if they'd gotten somebody who knew what he was doing. That's the thing. They, 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 they passed up some more valuable stuff, number a one. A lot of more valuable stuff. Yeah, and if they'd gotten a little expert help or at least advice, they could have maybe done less damage to the artwork themselves. Uh-huh. And, then, and I don't know how much they damaged it because they'd never been seen again, obviously. Of course. But, that would have been nice. Yeah. Sooner, or, sooner or later, they're probably going to show up. Unless these guys were complete morons, and they just left them rolled up in their basement somewhere that eventually flooded. All destroyed. I, mean, you know, I don't even want to think about that. Well, that makes me so sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, even... I don't, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. The, the total theft, the value of that total theft, uh, and I believe this is today's number, is, or today's dollars, uh-huh. is $500 million. Oh. Uh, so it is the largest private theft or largest robbery of private property recorded Mm. now the gallery itself what they've done is to kind of pay homage to it and waiting for those species to come back they've got some empty frames that are hanging so they they're not just ignoring that this happened they're kind of saying hey we know these were stolen and everybody else should know Mm -hmm. I, i think is what their their idea is behind that uh but yeah it, it's just it's really really weird the museum itself put out a reward of 5 million dollars for information leading to the recovery of these pieces of work which mm-hmm. is still available today correct it is and yeah. at the time the FBI hunted down a number of leads but they didn't get any results sure. I mean, nothing ever came of that mm. that was 1990 we're 24 years later and the FBI ostensibly still has squat. Wow. They say that they have suspects, and they they use the phrase significant suspects, but they won't say who they are. Mm. Um, There's there's talk, according to some of the theories that I've seen, that say that the art was moved from Boston to Connecticut and Philadelphia, and this is uh, from the FBI. This is what they think happened, mm. but then they don't know where it went from there. Sure. Uh, and, and they don't know anything after that. They say that they have some DNA and that DNA is, remember I said they duct tape the guards. Mm-hmm. They say they have DNA off the duct tape, but they don't say anything else. In other words, they said, Oh, we have something, but we're not going to tell you what it is. The thing about it is, is uh, if they were wearing gloves when they duct taped the guards, if they were, but if they weren't wearing gloves, then wouldn't their fingerprints be all over that duct tape? Well, that depends. You know, I mean, if I touch a piece of duct tape mm-hmm. and I pull my finger away and then the duct tape doesn't get stuck to something else, mm-hmm. yes, I should leave a fingerprint. But if I leave my fingerprint and then that duct tape gets rolled around a guard's head and mashed into the other side of another piece of duct tape, yeah, I imagine that it's going to be unusable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's conceivable that they did that. I mean, say, so if I'm holding just the end of it, and then I wrap it around his head and bring it back over the top of the piece that I was holding and slap mm-hmm. it down. That's going to destroy my fingerprints. Yeah. Were these guys bright enough to be that careful? I have no idea. You think if they were, if you think they would have had gloves on? Well, another. I mean, the other thing that we, you know, it's it's not like oh, we have the fingerprints, therefore we obviously like know who it was because there's not actually like a record. Like you know, if somebody, if I committed a crime and like they had my fingerprints, they still wouldn't be able to find me because my fingerprints don't exist. Anywhere, in in a, any database, a, right? So you know you have to. There's so many things 
their DNA would have to be in a database somewhere. Their fingerprints would have to be in a database somewhere. Mm. But these guys, the, the suspects that they have in this crime were all, all well-known criminals who had been arrested in the past, correct? Well, and we're about to get there. Yeah. And that's not exactly right. And that's that's mm. the hard part about this. Is okay. There's, there's kind of two theories that I can find of potential of where the art might have gone but we're not sure. There is one that it says that this was, if not run by the mob, mob organized. Mm-hmm. And so mobsters were doing it. And yeah, that's right. It's the freaking mob. Again. Wow. Yes, it's the mob again. Mm-hmm. There is a guy whose name is Robert Gurante. That's how I would say that. Uh, he died in 2004. But he's been linked as kind of the central figure in the investigation for this. And he was known to be an organized crime, and he seems to be connected to just about every other mobster that gets linked to this story. But, of course, he died, so they can't question him. They can't do anything to him. But his widow says that she remembers him giving at least one painting to somebody back in 2003. Hmm. And in 2003, there was some mention that maybe they had surfaced. But she, when she looked at all of the paintings, the photos of them, she's like, no, that doesn't look like anything that he gave this guy. So he, he could have given somebody something that he bought at Ikea for yeah. all she knows. Some other, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, the other thing about it is, well, we, we're not on theories yet, so forget well, it. Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of are, because that's one theory is that, you know, this guy is is the one who organized the whole thing. Mm. Um, I mean, there's there's another theory, another lead that you'll find out there that says that the paintings were sent overseas. And so they went from here to Italy to France. And this was all orchestrated by kind of a shady art dealer in New York for some figure of like $25 million. Mm-hmm. But none of that has ever been substantiated because of course we haven't found any of them. Yeah. So they're gone. And that's, I mean, that that really is, this is not a normal story. That is the theories, is that this guy did it, and he gave it to the mob, and the mob sold them underground somewhere, or somebody shipped them overseas, and they're, they're in both cases, they're in somebody's private collection hanging in their living room or their office space could or have, something. It could have been uh, like a actually commissioned by some mobster back from the old country who's got a huge villa on the Mediterranean. It's like, and I want some art. And so he Mm -hmm. he commissioned these guys to go nab some of these particular works of art. But it it doesn't sound like they knew what they were after. Again, it was haphazard what they grabbed, Mm -hmm. random stuff. But, I mean, that's where the story ends. And personally, this is one of those stories that really, really makes me mad. Not because I don't have good theories for it, but because... It makes me mad when people steal old art because old uh, art is fantastic. I, even if you're not into art, I'm into art. I think it's really great, but and some people are. But if you go to a museum and you look at those giant paintings and you can see what somebody did, there's a reason that museums are quiet spaces because usually people are staring at it in awe. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, they've they've not just stolen it from the museum, they've stolen it from everybody. Absolutely. They're, they're like looters, you know, people who loot archaeological sites. They're stealing our heritage. Mm-hmm. So that's a good reason to be, yeah. to be so a little I, angry So I, I really, I, I classify these guys as A1 jerks, yeah. and I really yeah. hope the mob's not listening, because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for saying <laughs> yeah. that, but the mob's A1 jerks. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's fair. It's, you know, it's part of human history, it's part of our progression, and it's... I am right there with you. I just got... 
So I think that is, so is that our leading theory? This was committed by a couple of assholes. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's the thing is that I, I mean, this is what the FBI well, released, but you know, they could, they could be hedging their bets or they could just be, uh, this is a cold case. And let's just say it was the mob and mm-hmm. what's we'll Lincoln, this dude that we haven't seen from forever. Cause he's been dead for 10 years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No idea. Yeah. And apparently every year they have a press conference on the anniversary of it. And they, uh, they reiterate that there's a $5 million reward, mm-hmm. for, and every year they do this. And so far, you'd think somebody would have come forward. Somebody's cleaning lady or somebody, you know? you like, think. Yeah. That's, what, that's what leads me to think that they actually su- succeeded. I mean, some people think they were stashed away somewhere. Um, I, I think they might actually have succeeded in getting them overseas in the, into the hands of some private collector who has mm-hmm. them hanging in his, in his mansion now. Mm-hmm. So this guy is not incentivized by five million bucks. You know? No, he if paid were, more than that. Yeah, if they were squirreled away somewhere in a storage unit or somebody's basement, then obviously you know they probably would have surfaced. And, yeah. and, and, and that, because the statute of limitations on the crime has expired. It has. So if you come forward with those paintings, they can't prosecute you for it. Nope. You can just hand them over and get five million bucks. Walk away scot free. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why I suspect that they're not in the U.S. anymore. Or if they're in the U.S., they're in the hands of a private collector. Quite likely. That's what I would guess. Well, I wanna, I wanna, before I forget, send out a big, uh, a big thank you to Mike who sent this story to us. Uh, I really, I really got into it, and it, it obviously I liked it enough that it's our first mini episode yeah uh if you want to hear uh more from us you can always find episodes on our website that website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com of course links for the story will also be on the website so the things that we use for our research uh most folks are using itunes to download the shows and subscribe so if you're there please take the time to subscribe and leave us a comment and a rating we really like that we are, of course, on other places such as Stitcher and uh, TuneIn, and you can always find us on Facebook. We've got the Facebook page and the Facebook group, and we are on Twitter, Thinking Sideways. Take the G off of it. We changed that up, so it's a little awesomer. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if you've got uh, thoughts on this story, any stories, or you just want to chat and share some ideas with us, feel free to send us an email. The email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and also, uh, if you have the paintings or you know where they're at, I'll give you a million bucks. For the <laughs> okay? A million bucks. That sounds good to me. Uh, and with that, we're going we're gonna to shut this one down. So thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you soon. Ta-ta. Bye, guys. Bye.